Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. When people talk about the solution to homelessness, they talk about putting a roof over someone's head. But what if you have that solution, but the biggest problem is that person you're ready to house is nowhere to be found? As much as I wanted to to grab him and throw him in the car, I, I knew if we took him home, he'd be gone again. There are thousands of families looking for their brother, mom, cousin, or loved one on the streets. But it can be hard to find a loved one who's experiencing homelessness. And even when you do, it doesn't mean they'll be ready to come home. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. Robin Burton grew up in Collinsville, Missouri. She didn't grow up with her mother, who was a teenager when she had Robin. Robin grew up with her grandparents, and her mother would sort of swing on through, stay for a while, and then leave. Rachel Myro is KQED's acting Silicon Valley bureau chief. She stumbled across Robin's story a year ago. Robin has been searching for her mom, Claudia Leslie Wells, for years. I was never told that my mom was mentally ill. My grandparents raised me, her mom and dad. And my mom would come home for a couple months and she'd be gone for a couple years. And this was normal to me growing up. I thought that she was living the life of the rich and famous and didn't have time for me. Robin was 23 when Claudia went missing. And she's 48 years old now. Robin had always wondered what happened to her mom. It was just this big, open question in her life. She knew that her mom had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, so she hired a private investigator to help find her. It so happened that she got a couple of clues. My mom's social security number was used at a homeless shelter in 2013. Then a customer who knew of Robin's story sent her a news article of a photo of what they believed was her mom, published in the L.A. Times. There's even some old TV footage from her from five years ago. She refocused her search for Claudia about a decade ago, largely online. I've always said that my mom was alive. My mom's um, paranoid schizophrenic. She's got a very high IQ. She's very smart. And if you want to disappear in the United States, the best way to disappear without a trace is be homeless. Nobody, nobody pays attention to you. She zeroed in on California when an investigator... And so she drove from Collinsville, Illinois, to Skid Row in Los Angeles. She arrived with a bunch of candy bars, 
wrapped with information about Claudia and that, that L.A. Times photo, uh, but no one was helping her. Walking the streets of Skid Row, I had the news crews following me, and people were angry and mad. I, it was it, The very first day out there was very scary and emotional for me. I, ended up, I broke down crying. Robin realized she was going to have to go about this differently. I went down there again, and this time I'd already contacted people in the Skid Row community. And when I went out there and served with her without the cameras, everything was so different. And it was actually the homeless that was helping me look for my mom. It was them that was telling me, you know, I wish I had somebody looking for me. The first thing that she learned on this journey was that if you want to find somebody who is homeless, you need to make friends with homeless people. Did Robin ever find her mom? No. Robin still gets tips on her mom's whereabouts, and she's still searching. But this whole journey led Robin on another mission, to help other people find their missing loved ones. So Robin came home from Los Angeles, angry with God, as she put it. And then it struck her that there are lots of families that are facing the same challenge she is. And that's when she decided to start a Facebook group called Missing and Homeless. Our homeless deserves a voice. And the families that, that are related to the homeless, the, the mothers and the brothers and the sisters and the cousins, they deserve a voice too. They, you know, their loved one deserves to be looked for just like anybody else's loved one that is missing. The Facebook group has exploded. More than 60,000 people are following or have liked the page. There are all kinds of people looking for relatives and trying to help out. And there have been some successes. Robin guesses 70 or 80 people have been reunited with family because of the group. And one of them is Corey Abernathy. I think I just like, I thought too much about life. I was going to school full time, working full time. And then eventually yeah, I was just like, this is getting too much. I spoke to Corey and his parents, Robert and Kathy Abernathy, at Chrissy Field in San Francisco. My parents lost their house. Um, my dad went through a bankruptcy. And I kind of just stopped going like halfway through a semester. And I was like, you know, I'm going to figure something else out and go back. And that never happened. And I just kept on working. I got fired. It was like mostly, I think, from alcohol use. And then I started working at a casino as a, a table games dealer. Did that for what, like two years, three years? About three years. And then, yeah, my, um, I got a DUI. Um, my car got towed. And then so I just said, I'm done. And I just, I just left one day. Corey's parents, Robert and Kathy Abernathy, have been looking for Corey since he went missing in 2017. What was it like going to the police and, and asking to file a missing persons report? I, when I talked to Robin, she said, sometimes police are, it's like they've experienced compassion fatigue, and they're like, well, maybe, maybe your loved one doesn't want to be found. Well, yeah, pretty much in Mendocino County, Sonoma County, it's, if, if an adult is missing, they're out trimming. And it was um, October, and it was trimming season, and that was just 
that's what he's done, you know. And that, yeah, they took the report, but they weren't doing anything at all with it, you know, because he was an adult. He left, you know, it, there wasn't any evidence that, you know, he didn't leave on his own. And it was just pretty much, yeah, you know, he went to trim, and that's when people leave this area, that's what they're doing. Robert and Kathy got some help from Corey's uh, old friends and workmates. Somebody that he worked with had gone to this park in Ukiah and had pitched the poster of him and had shown it to a homeless man. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, I told him where he could get some shoes. His, his heels were bleeding and he needed some good shoes. He didn't have good shoes on. I told him where he could get some shoes. And then he asked where he could get a bus ticket to Fort Bragg. We started just driving around the, the town and, and Kathy said, oh, oh my God, there he is. And he turned turned around and saw me, and, and the, the, the look on his face was, was total surprise. And the first thing he says, well, you know, I just want to let you guys know I, just, I do love you. Because of the shame and stigma around his troubles with alcohol, Corey just wasn't ready to come home. It was just like, yeah, like another, another failure, you know, like another thing I did wrong. His parents had a tough decision to make. They had to leave him in the park. Hmm. And he continued to hitchhike around various towns in Northern California. And eventually, he ends up in San Francisco. For a while, like, on and off, yeah, I'd, like, stay, like, you know, I'd sleep in, you know, like, alleys and side streets, like, which is something I never, th- you know, like, in a million years thought I would do, you know. Um, yeah, um, like, people don't really bother you. Um, I mean, you could sleep like right next to a building and, you know, like no one really say anything or do anything. Every so often he would send them a a message on Facebook, you know, hey guys, I'm okay, I'm here. And so they would have a rough idea of where he was. But uh, about a year, year and a half after he left, he stopped sending those. You know, we we would get that, that feeling that we had to go, we had to go. And then we'd get down here, and well, where do we look? All they know is the last time they heard from him, he was in San Francisco. And, I mean, we looked in every nook and cranny that there is in this city, and, and we, we saw places in this city that, that, that shouldn't exist anywhere. They would walk the streets of the Tenderloin asking people, have you seen him, have you seen him? We were walking down Haight, and Robert said, you know, he could be in here, and we wouldn't even know it. They were having no luck when another one of Corey's old workmates found out about this Facebook group that Robin runs and said to Robert, hey, do you mind if I just put up Corey's information? Maybe somebody will will recognize him. And that's exactly what happened. Somebody that had gone through rehab with Corey saw the page and called this girl and said, look, I, I, I know Corey, I know it's him. Um, he's, he's in rehab, he's doing really well, a lot better than this person was. He goes, I know I'll be back and I will tell Corey about it. When Corey got that news, he decided to pick up the phone and call his parents. And this time, Corey was ready. You know, he, he had been in Alcoholics Anonymous for some time now. He was living in a sober living facility. 
He was, he was, you know, starting to come to grips with his life and felt ready to reconnect. It's like really helped me, and you know, like just like listening to other guys in in a talk about how like they they've been able to like you know clear up like all, all kinds of crap, and that's like one thing that really encouraged me. Today, Robert and Kathy Abernathy drive three hours from Willits every now and then to visit Corey in San Francisco. I always did sense that like they were looking for me, and like one of the biggest things I was like you know just terrified of was you know you know like how much of a you know how much you know how much wreckage have I made. I'm really struck by how long it took Corey's parents to find him and reunite with him. Uh, It seems like it took a lot of work and time and persistence and even letting go before that reunification could happen. So is reunification the ultimate goal for helping homeless people get off the streets? Certainly when you talk to people, social service workers who work with homeless populations, one of the things they try to do in helping that person build a new secure life is is to find out what the situation is with the family you know do you have relatives nearby or further afield is is there a way we could help you get in touch with them is that something um, that would be a positive for you sometimes it's not a positive sometimes those relationships are toxic Uh, sometimes the homeless person has burned some bridges and uh, fears that relatives uh, won't have any more compassion or room in their hearts to help out one more time. And how's Robin doing? Robin's search, I think, reminds me that you don't have to be a specialist to take an interest, to say, how can I help? How can I help people reestablish connections with each other? You know, she's she's not a, a psychiatrist. She's not a professional social service worker. She's just a human being. And beyond her personal search for her mother, she is establishing relationships with people all over the United States that any one of us could start to establish if we're interested. What happened with Corey and his family is the exact kind of ending Robin hopes for herself one day. For now, she's found a larger sense of purpose in reconnecting other families with loved ones experiencing homelessness. And now that she has so many ties with homeless communities all over the United States and beyond, and if her mother is still out there, there may be a greater chance they'll let her know. Rachel Myro is acting Silicon Valley Bureau Chief for KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. See you Wednesday. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. 
So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 